about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshukba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. I'm going to let you sit down for just a few minutes. I want to share something, then we'll start to pray. Making room for the king. Turn with me quickly, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of Second Kings in chapter 4. And I'll read from verse 8 and then we will start to pray. Second Kings in chapter 4 and I'll read from verse 8. Let's use the New Living Translation if you can find that. It says, And one day Elisha went to the town of Shunan. A wealthy woman lived there. And she urged him to come to her home for a meal. Who lived there? Did they mention the name of the woman? But she was wealthy. And she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. So she really didn't know who he was. I need you to follow. So we don't know the name of the woman. But we know she's a wealthy woman. And the woman doesn't know the name of the prophet. He said, but let's give him food. And she now spoke to her husband. That's the reason why always say to men listen to your wives because they have what is called intuition Mm -hmm. then she didn't stop there she said let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed that makes him rest a table that makes him read and a chair that makes him sit and a lamp which is the light he says let's build a small room and then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by one day Elisha returned to Shunem and he went up to his upper room to rest who told him that was his room He said to his servant, Geazi, tell 
the woman from Shunem. So he still did not know her name. As many people think that unless the pastor knows my name, I'm actually nothing. He didn't, still didn't ask her name. He didn't know. The, the, the Bible would have at least put her name in there. He says, tell the woman. Women find this offensive when you address them as woman. Tell that woman to come and see me. Uh, who's that woman? He says, tell the woman from Shunem. I want to speak to her when she appears. When she appeared. Sorry, when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, <coughs> we appreciate the kind concern you have shown. What can we do for you? This is a bit weird because... He still did not speak to the woman directly. He was speaking to Gazi, and Gazi was speaking to the woman. And he says, what can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gazi, what can we do for her? I thought Elisha was the prophet. I thought he should prophetically know what the problem of the woman is because the woman has just built a room for him. Like many people who feel by doing something to a man of God or by helping in the church, you need to be rewarded. The woman did it and the prophet didn't know his name and didn't know her need. And, and listen, to, listen to this. He says, uh, what can we do for her? Gerson replied, she doesn't have a son. And her husband is an old man. Call her back again. Elisha told him. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, there's no red carpet. And I, I, the thing about these prophets of old is they really don't care about your money. Not like the ones today. <laughs> they, they really don't care about your money. Really, a pastor should not really care about your money. He shouldn't really know how much you give. That's the truth. I, I, I have no idea. I stand here. I have no idea how much anyone gives because of how radical I am. So if I'm going to rebuke you, I will rebuke you. He said, he said, and she stood at the doorway, not even in the room she built. Next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. O man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at the time, the following year, she had a son just as Elisha had said. May I read the full chapter? Because I think it will bless you. So one day, when her child was older, so that means the child was older and the room 
and the place was still Elisha's. He says, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried, my head hurts. My head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on his lap. But around noontime, he what? He died. She carried him up and laid him on the katobohoshata. She, she laid him she laid, carried him up, and she laid him on the bed of the man of God. The room she made for the man of God was where she took the child. She put the child there, shut the door, and left him there. Sent a message to her husband. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today? He asked. It is neither a new moon festival or a Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. Another verse says, it is well. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. He still didn't mention her name. Run out to meet her. He still didn't go to meet her. There was not much dialogue between Elisha and the woman. He said, run out to meet her and ask her, is everything alright with you, with you, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gazi began to push her away. But the man of God said, listen to this, listen to this. Leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. This is an encounter with a woman who has done Elisha favors for years. Number one, he didn't know what the woman needed and he was a prophet. And he didn't even know the woman's child has died and he was a prophet. This is where many people miss their blessing. He said, he said, but even God didn't tell me. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy mother said, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. Wise woman. Because she didn't know that Gezi was corrupted already. So, Elisha returned with her. Gezi hurried on ahead, laid the staff on the child's face, and nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and said, The child is still dead. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying on what? On whose bed? The prophet's bed. I need you to see this. Lying on the, he went in alone, shut the door behind him, and prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, his hands on the child's hands. This can't happen in this day and age. And he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked, walked, and fought across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. 
Then Elisha summoned Gehazi, called the child's mother. He said, and when she came in, Elisha said, here, take your son. And she fell at his feet, bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arm and carried him down. All that time, the father was oblivious of what was happening. Oh, absolutely oblivious. If you go into chapter 8, Verse 1, Elisha had told the woman whose son he had brought back to life, take your family and move to some other place for the Lord had called for a famine (laughs) on Israel that will last for seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family, not the husband was still oblivious of all that was going on took her family, settled in the land of Philistines for seven years. After the famine ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to see the king about getting back her land. As she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. The king had just said, tell me stories about the great things Elisha had done. And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elisha brought back a boy back to life. Just coincidentally. And at that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house because she had left it for seven years. It was taken already. Look, my lord, the king, Gehazi exclaimed, here is the woman now and this is her son, this very one Elisha brought back to life. Is this true? The king asked her and she told him the story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her including the value of any crops that has been harvested during her absence jesus i needed to i wasn't prepared to read all this scripture but i needed to do this because the shunammite woman had more than a visitation She made an upper room. And anytime you hear the upper room, it's always an encounter with the Holy Spirit. As you can see in the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 1, the upper room. It was an encounter. Why did she do that? Because she could. She prepared the room. She had no agenda. There was no 24-hour prophetic hotline privileges. Mm -hmm. There was no... If you sow this seed, then you will have a 24-hour miracle. Actually, if you give this money, we'll put your name on a plaque. And in fact, if you do this for the man of God, you will be able to have access to him anytime. In fact, you have more access to him than his secretary. She did this because she perceived that he was a holy man. Just perception. But listen to me, the turning point of her life did not arrive before she created the room. It arrived after she created the room. But I read that whole scripture because when God brings a turning point in her life, in our lives, he doesn't only turn things around, but he also preserves it. 
Even after seven years of absence, the king says, give her everything and anything that was harvested while she wasn't there. Can you imagine? Give her back the value. Just because the woman created a room for the prophet and didn't realize that after many years, because listen to the story, when the son died, the Bible says the son was older. So that must have been probably some years. Then after that, the Bible says, then there was famine. But because of what she did years before, and the prophet still didn't know her name, the prophet called her and says, there's going to be a famine. Nobody else in that area knew there was going to be a famine. He says, go, there's a famine. Go to the land of the Philistines. Stay there. Stay there for seven years. Sent a message back that, okay, the famine has now finished. She came back. And what she did in preparation for the upper room preserved her life while in the land of the Philistines and preserved her good in her absence. Keep fighting on your own. You will soon find out that it's not by power, neither is it by might. Keep trying to do things on your own. You will find out that unless you make a room for God in your life, unless you learn to give, unless you learn to sow, I'm not collecting an offering this evening. Forget it. It's not a point. But unless you create that place in your life where you can allow God to speak through you to do things, years down the line, you may need what you didn't create. I have to give you the scriptures before we Because, ladies and gentlemen, my frustration is a lot of people are praying. Not anyone is doing we are so selfish that anything that does not directly profit us, we don't do. Absolutely selfish. Can I, can I, can I shock some of us? Many of us are here today because we're selfish. You're in this prayer meeting because we're selfish. Because you're looking for this pastor to download some serious prayer points. That you can go away with and say, God is walking. Nothing in you is going out. We, I'm not saying, I said we, not you. We are all selfish. Many of us don't understand how to uphold someone else's hands. She did not know. She just perceived that he was a man of God. Now, the perception that he was a man of God could only be a perception because there was no direct contact. Can I give you another thing? The Bible says she was wealthy, but her wealth could not produce a child. Neither could her wealth have preserved her from famine. It would have it would have been destroyed during famine. Neither could her wealth produce an increase to her while she was not around for what she had already created. It's called preservation. Your wealth, your money, your good looks, your selfishness, 
your stuff that you say it is my own stuff cannot help you if you don't use that thing to help God. Because if you read making room for the, for the king in Exodus chapter 25, he says, bring your gold, bring your silver, bring your purple, bring everything and build me a house that I may dwell amongst you. That dwelling amongst you, remember, when they built the ark, it was the ark that preserved them through the 40 years against wilderness, against hunger, against thirst, and against the enemies until they got to their wealthy place. You have got to learn. I, I can just shut this prayer meeting that everyone go home and test how much you got from God tonight. Most often time, God blesses those who have prepared themselves to be blessed. Making room for my blessing increases my ability to receive and maintain my blessing. I will all hear me what I'm saying. Because I am not going through this second half of the year talking about prosperity and money and come down. Because as I've said in my prayer, me- in our prayer meeting uh, 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 during, the, it's the, uh, during the week, it's the blessing is about getting a job and getting a car and getting, a, and getting all that. What's the difference between you and the unbeliever? In fact, they're even better than us. I said it. You want to pray, God, give me a job. You come to me. I have to anoint you to get a job that your unbeliever has and you're fasting going to the job. The unbeliever woke up this morning, prayed to know God, ate food, was so full with food, ate chicken on the way, took, actually took a coaster, drank it on the way, and they still gave him the job. Are you all right? Even if you got the job, did you have to really go through all that to get a job which is unbeliever? And the person you're going to actually is going to interview you may be an unbeliever. And then you get there, and the person talks, what school did you go to? Oh, we went to the school, gave you the job. It wasn't the prayer and the fasting that gave you the job. Maybe it did, but it still was the fact that the blessing is not in the job. That's not what, how God measures our blessing. God measures our blessing when we become a blessing. The measurement of the Shunammite woman, and every single day I will be giving you characters in the Bible. The blessing of the Shunammite woman was when she made room for God. Are we now ready to pray? Let's stand up. We've got to pray. Sit down if you want to pray. I don't care where you want to pray. God is not unjust that he will forget your works and the love that you have shown him. Put that. Hebrews 6.10, the New International Version. God is not just. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. You cannot ask God to bless what you're not ready to give. He's not unjust. He will not forget your works and the love, the NIV. He says, and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. You walk in church for five minutes and you, you disappear. You, you walk in a team for five minutes. You, 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 you're out there for two Sundays. The next Sunday, are you going to be around? Oh, I'm, I'm not feeling well. Yeah, five minutes. You don't realize that when you are creating a room, it takes a while for God to take total eminence of your life. got to bow your heads now and you've got to start to repent before we can go into anything.
I've only got 25 minutes to go. I didn't intend to come and scream and shout. I intended to show us that the blessing only comes when you make room. Myself, my husband, my house, my home, my children. You can't preserve that. You can't preserve that. Are you a backbone? Are you a producer or are you just a consumer? Come on, God wants us to start to pray. And if you can't pray this prayer, forget it. If you can't pray this prayer, if you're so concerned about what is going on outside here, if you're starting to think that, mm, I, I thought this would be a prayer meeting, I had expectations, that is your expectation. God is saying, create a room. Create a room. She just perceived that he was a man of God. Maybe some of you need to ask, how much value do you even place on your man of God? I know this is a difficult subject to really broach. But really, how much value do you really place on the man that even gives you the word consistently? How much value? <laughs> let, let me share this. Let me share this. Oh, yes. I, I need to share this because uh, some of you don't realize that this and my wife probably will kill me after this, but many of you don't realize that this is not going to work except there are people who are holding up their hands. We were praying and fasting. I'm not sure if it was in January this year or was it last year. We were praying and fasting. I'm going to mention somebody's name. I said this before. We woke up that morning. It was in January. The house was cold. Absolutely cold. And we switched on the heater. It didn't work. I did everything. It didn't work. And I knew immediately I cannot afford what has just happened. My boiler, yes, it was been there for a long time. But I thought, I can't do this, God. And it was freezing cold. So I pick up the phone. I called by faith an engineer, gas engineer. He says I'm no more qualified and all that kind of stuff. So I picked up the phone and I just said, I called Matthew. I said, Matthew, my boiler's gone. I don't know what's going to happen. He says, I'm on a job right now. I can't do it. But the guy who works for me can do it. What's his name, actually? I forgot his name. Eh? Viet, yes. He said, he said, he will come. Then he says, no, I will come. I said, but I have to be in church this evening. He says, just leave your keys, I'll sort it out. I think it was probably the last Friday of our fast because I couldn't be at home. It was, we came to church. He came around five o'clock. I left church probably around 10.30. They were still there till 2 a.m. Now, the guy he brought came because he said to him, this is my pastor, and he has to walk. They left the place. It didn't actually walk. And you could see the disappointment on their face. I said, guys, don't worry. God who sees what we're all doing will walk. They walked out. They took everything, to, went out, bought parts and all that. While 
I was leading people in prayer and people were getting blessed. The blessing didn't start from me. He was supposed to be in church too. But he was trying to make a place of war for his pastor to go back to. The following morning, we woke up and the house was void. I'm like, I thought this thing is not working. Went downstairs, the heating was working. Switch it off, switch it back on again. I called him and he was screaming. He says, I actually thought I was a failure. Now, what touched me was, why are you thinking you're a failure on someone else's property? This is hard. Recently, one day, because my wife is, and she cooks for the entire world, and suddenly her oven packed up. So I just called. I didn't call anyone because I thought we cooked too much. Leave it. Maybe we should just rest. Uh, I'm not paying for this at the moment. She picks up the phone. She calls Colin. God says, okay, I'll see what we can do. To take photographs and all that, see if we can repair it. And I have to say this. I think it was two days or three days down the line. I'm in church counseling. I can see from my house when you press the bell who is there next. And I saw him. And he was in the house carrying this heavy load. A new oven being installed. And why I enjoyed counseling that day. Because my worries and my burdens was taken over by someone else. Vet or the, 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 the guy has come back twice. And each time I say, how much do I owe you? He is not a member of this church. And he keeps saying to me, never. He came on the 31st of December. He just says, never. He's not a member of this church. But you see, it's like a Elisha and Gezi. Whoever you elevate in front of man is what they will celebrate. And, and you know, I ask for God, why? And God says, seed and harvest is a principle that will always occur. I could stay at home and leave you all praying. But God knows that he will always provide for your need when it becomes your need when you create a room. Let's pray. Let's pray. And start to say, God, for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Come on, start to pray. Start your generation will benefit from the goodness that you set in. You can take any posture, it doesn't matter. Pray that God will sit on the throne of my household. God will sit upon the throne of my house without revival, without revival. Come on, let's start to pray. I'm not, I can't shout. I can't scream tonight. But all I can do is to set your mind that God wants a turning point in your life when you make it come on let's start to pray God let me my household my whole being let us serve God God sit on the throne of my household 
I pray that the precious vessels of God in my life will not be dislocated <laughs> on the temple of idol worship will not be dislocated many 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 people around here many people that just give their life just to make room for God because most of the time we don't hear this in Jesus name I'm going to share something again with you I'm going to share something again because we need to know this there are real life stories here Worship Tabernacle years ago, we entered into some serious trouble. Serious trouble. Uh, nothing we did. We had an accountant. Things were not going wrong. HMRC came in and they started to investigate. After the investigation, we were exonerated. There was nothing, not, not, nothing going on. But we were in the learning procedure. We just moved into this building. Just moved into this building. And because we moved into the, this building, there were some certain things that we need to do that we didn't know we had to do. And we found ourselves in choppy waters. One lady who had worked, she's a member of the church and all that, left her job and said to me, let me handle this. Left her job. Instead of looking for another job, she decided to come and walk in church and painfully navigated this entire church through choppy waters that has set us up as the we're in the four percent accuracy of charities in the whole of England. Just one person, Tony. Just for navigating us through the choppy waters, single-handedly stealing with accountants, HMRC, charity commission, all that. Someone who became a rock and said, "Before you get to us, you have to get past me." To an extent that we're sitting in the top four percent. in this country well paid job coming to work here in a charity the question I need to ask some of us is this the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 it says God is not unjust I am saying to you you cannot pray for God's blessing when you would take it away from the blesser this is a turning point in our lives. The turning point, we're going to pray about it, but the turning point is not God turn things around for me that my job will work, my career, I will have a husband. I have a, why would you want the husband? Why would you want the wife? What is the turning point? Because we sometimes read this in the Bible, but there are real life examples amongst us that show that a life that is selfish will die very soon. And when famine comes, there will be no prophet to save you because the prophet does not know you. 
So when I'm asking you to pray, I'm asking you to pray. You know why I'm asking you to pray? Because the devil will always navigate you away from the source of your blessing. Because he knows seven years down the line, what you're doing now is what will help you then. But when you navigate yourself away, he's setting you up for a lifetime of misery. Lift your hands and say this after me. Say this month, like a clay in the hands of the potter, the Lord will make what he wants out of my life. You're going to say that two more times. Say this year, like a clay in the hands of the potter, the Lord will make what he wants out of my life. You can do better than that. Say this year, this month, the turning point in my life is that God, like a clay in the hands of the Lord, the Lord will make what he wants out of my life. Shout this now. Say this year, the Lord will do with me whatever he wants. And his will will be done. Say, I will exalt God above the distractions of circumstances, temptations, and offense. Say this now. Say, I will not quit God. I didn't hear Say, I will not quit God to pursue the trappings of the earth. I will... Not vacate my purpose for the appointments of the flesh. I will not give up my birthright for a life of toil and labor. Say I will not yield in the face of adversity. Say I will not abandon myself to the snares of temptation. Say Lord. I didn't hear you. Say Lord. Take your rightful place over my life. Now I'm going to let you pray. Lift your voice and start to pray. Going to go start, start. If you want to speak in tongues, speak in tongues. We're going for five minutes now. Got to go, got to go, got to go, got to shred it. Got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. These people I'm talking about made room for God in their lives. They were not looking uh, for, for, for something to come back to them. They were not looking for give it 10 pounds and you will have 100 pounds tomorrow. They were not looking for that. They were not saying, oh, I'm going to serve because I'm expecting something to come back from Pastor. I'm going to serve because I'm expecting something to come back from Elisha. I, I, I'm going to build that room because I, I want the prophet to stay permanently in my house. They were not looking for anything, but they were wealthy. Wealthy means you have what is needed. You have what is needed. The Bible says she was wealthy. She was wealthy for the reason of the prophet. She was wealthy because she had what God was looking for. I believe there are some people here who are wealthy. Wealthy. Wealthy does not have to mean money. It could mean your intellect. It could mean your power. It could mean your academics. It could mean your contribution. It could mean your power. God says you are wealthy enough to build a room for me to dwell. You are wealthy. 
be a nurse, you will be a nurse. Nobody had to cause the woman. Nobody prophesied to the woman. Nobody preached a sermon to the woman. Nobody said anything to the woman. She just perceived. Perceive that God wants to use her. Some of you need to know God wants to use. Stop asking the pastor. Stop asking me, what can I do? Just do something. You can look for the need and you can do it. Build a room for God in your home. Build a room for God in your life. Let God take his right to place. Start to declare ah, that every compelling desires of the flesh that wants to abandon God is broken now. Come on, you got to start to pray. You got to start to pray. Relinquish control. Say, God, I relinquish control. Ah, I relinquish control to God who sees the ends from the beginning. You got to let it go now. You got to shred and shed. You got to shred and shed. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You got to start to pray. Start to declare it in the name of Jesus. Come on. You got to start to pray. I'm not seeing folks praying. There's got to be a crying out for God. That selfish thing in you needs to die tonight. There's got to be a crying out. There's got to be a hunger for God. There's got to be a place where you got to deny yourself for God to allow you to go to the heights you need to go to. There's got to be a move. There's got to be somebody tonight who's going to say, God, what are you calling me to do? I'm asking you to build a room for God. I'm not asking for the blessing. Because the blessing comes when you bless the blesser. The blessing comes when you allow the blessing to walk on God's behalf. The blessing comes when you allow the blessing to be the blessing. When you allow the blessing to be the blessing. When you allow the blessing to be the blessing. The blessing of thy wealth became a blessing. The prophet was gone from eating to a place where he could sleep. There were many other wealthy people in the land of Shunem. But only one perceived that they can help him. There were many places. Oh God, I can preach a firestorm with this. Because there were many people that the prophet was going to. The Bible didn't say the prophet was going to the woman's house. The prophet was going to some other people. But the other people didn't take care of the prophet. Except the woman. Got to say to God. God, this is my turning point. No more me. But you oh God. No more me but you oh God. No more me. I'm creating that room for God. Because when you create the room for God. Then change comes. When you create the room for God. Then people who don't know you will restore what you have lost. When you create the room for God. Whatever is made alive cannot die. (laughs) When you create the room for God. Start to say God I create the room. You are so much enamored. So much thinking about yourself. So much thinking about what you want to achieve. So much thinking about what you haven't achieved. And God is saying you're not creating that room. Create that room. Say God, I relinquish control to you. I didn't hear you. Put your hands on your chest and let's make this confession. Say God, I relinquish control to you who sees the end before the beginning God sees your end before it starts 
it is only God that starts your beginning at the end. It is only God that does that. He ends everything and then he now goes back to the beginning. Remember that the man of God was passing by. Not, the man of God didn't pass into our house. He was passing by to bless others who didn't bless him. He was passing by to fulfill God's role for his life. And there were other wealthy people there. Actually, I can perceive, just imagine it was a church, that there were other people who were wealthy in the church, but didn't pay cognizance that let's build something that he may lay, except the woman. Neither did we hear anybody else's story that that man says, go to Philistines and stay there for seven years. God is looking for a turning point this year in worship tabernacle where our hearts will turn to God and not to things. Where our validation will come from God and not from public opinion. Where our life is controlled by God and not by man. As you lay your hands upon your chest, I declare that your heart becomes pliable. Your heart becomes tender. That the things you run after, you will seek no more. But you will start to seek the face of the almighty God. Compelling fleshly desires will die this evening. In the name of Jesus. Ah, I start to declare by the name of almighty God. We will create a room. Say this after me. Say, I will create a room. I didn't hear you. Say, I will create a room. Say, Father, I will create a room. No, God said this. No, say, I am creating a room for you. Not for selfish gain, but to promote my God. Ha! Yeah, 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 yeah. In worship tabernacle, this place is a place where we create a room for God. Can I get you for five minutes to pray over this church? I want you to pray over this church. I want you to declare that this will be God's place. Come on, lift your voice. This will be God. As you're praying for the church, you're creating a room. You're creating a room because many people are going to get online tomorrow that are not here. And we're going to start to pray, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. But we create a room for God in this place. Start to say, God, in worship tabernacle, this place will be chosen. Psalm 132 says, for the Lord has chosen Zion. The Lord has chosen worship tabernacle. He has desired it for his dwelling place. Ah, I'm going to repeat this again. Ah, Psalm 132, 13 to 14. The Lord has chosen worship tabernacle. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell for I have desired it. Start to pray for this church and say, God, let this be your dwelling place. Ah, come and start to pray. Say, God, let this be your dwelling place. Declare that God's way will be our way. Declare that the truth of God shall be the candle of our lives in this church. Start to declare that only God will receive honor in this place. Pray 
pray that the eyes of the Lord may be open to this sanctuary day and night. Start to say, let God's name be magnified in this church. Let God's name be magnified. Some of you don't realize this prayer. Say, let God's name be magnified in this church. We have seen even over this week how some churches that are great are going through a chaos because God's name was not magnified. Start to pray that in worship tabernacle, let your mighty presence be available. Come on, you gotta pray. You gotta pray. We've got two more prayer points and then we close. De- de- declare, say, oh Lord, heal us in whatever needs to be healed. Replace whatever needs to be replaced. Transform whatever needs to be transformed. I think you didn't get me. Say, God, heal us in whatever needs to be healed. Replace whatever needs to be replaced. Transform whatever needs to be transformed. Come and start to pray. Start to declare, Holy Spirit, begin to burn every selfishness. Say, God, begin to burn every self-centeredness in this church. Burn it. Selfishness. Self-centeredness. Every argument, every territorial spirit, burn it in the name. Are you praying for this church? Declare that God, what you need to transform, you will transform. Breathe your life into this church. Breathe your life into the fabrics of the souls of this church. Let your mighty presence abide in this church. Please pray with me. Say, God, we want to create a room for your presence. We want to create a room for your tabernacle. Let a new wind blow over worship tabernacle. Ah, let shafts be blown away. Let all things be replaced with new water. Start to say, God, we pray that there will be a tangible ah, presence of the Holy Spirit. In worship tabernacle. If your life has been shaped here. Pray that God. Let us not go astray. Let pastors not go astray. Let us not follow the world. But let's follow the vision. Let us not follow public opinion. But let us follow the divine presence of God. Turn this church. Turn this church oh Lord. Into a spiritual storehouse. Turn this church into a spiritual storehouse where the destinies of men and women are preserved and established. Turn this church where lives will be shaped. Turn this church that dreams will be fulfilled. Turn this church that righteousness will reign in this place. Is anyone praying for me right now? Turn this church that righteousness that the name of the Lord will not be put to shame in this church. Ah, your pastor will not put the name of God to shame in this church. That the name of the Lord will not be put to shame in this church. Say God, I declare that the kingdom of righteousness will reign. God, we're making room for the king. 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 That God will reign here. We're making room for the king. That God will teach us in the way of wisdom. 
We're making room for the King so He can lead us in the path of righteousness. We're making room for the King that He will teach us in the ways of wisdom. We're making room for the King that worship Tabernacle will get wisdom and understand it. And we will hear the word of God from His mouth. We're making room for the King that the blessings of God will rest upon us. Let's decree that worship Tabernacle shall dwell in God's tower. Dwell in the tower of his strength and power. Let this ministry reach your reach. Let there be a bumper harvest. Let multitudes come and start to pray. Let multitudes go to heaven in this church. We're not a church that gathers people, but a people that are on their way to heaven. Let the Holy Spirit release upon this ministry divine wisdom for growth. Lord, start to pray. Let's go into our second prayer for this church. Say, God, send the right people to this place. We shall not miss our audience in the name of Jesus. Pray, pray that this ministry is for signs and for wonders. This year, there will be an undeniable explosion of the world of holiness of righteousness of faithfulness there will be an explosion of good declare that God will be workers that will have his choice into the church declare that evil agents will be kept away from worship declare that in the name of Jesus over worship tabernacle I want you to pray just this prayer start to say to God not only would your presence be here because when the Shunammite woman created room for the prophet the Bible didn't say how wealth went down he preserved it as we make room for God in this place, pray with me that worship tabernacle will continue to operate debt free. Gotta pray. We will continue to operate debt free. Come on, I want you to start to pray. We'll continue. Lives of people are depending upon this. That we will continue to operate debt free. That we will abound unto every good work. Pronounce that the fina- finances will not be a limitation to this church come on you got to pray for me pray 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 say this year that we will break every financial limitations in this church in the name of jesus we create a room and when we create a room we declare that every facet of this ministry is breaking forth this year they declare that in the name of jesus that we we attack every enemy that may speak against our finances they may speak against our growth in the name of WT will overcome every attack of the enemy. We will experience supernatural victory in our resources, especially in finances, in growth and in manpower. In the name of Jesus. We confess that the building facilities and the laws of the lands and finances will not restrain the growth of this church. In the name of Jesus. Now I want you to start to pray. Start to say, God, open all new doors for us in worship tabernacle. 
a new building for us in worship tabernacle come on where the children will be present where multiple classes will occur where multiple rooms will occur where there will be a kitchen that will be big enough for us where there will be a foyer where people can sit and have coffee and tea and drink and have fellowship or where different departments can meet in different rooms without having to argue with each other we ask in the name of jesus where fellowship will be where we will start to flow where we will accommodate people in different areas where there will be unrestrained in the name of jesus and believe in the place where we walk into the foyer will be so big that one side will just be for coffee for visitors that come and tea and biscuits and and, and stuff that will be supplied in abundance where the bookshop will, will, will be massive and people can walk in where there will be a recording studio that will be on the basement that will be available to be used where the young people outside that have nothing to do will be trained in worship tabernacle where we'll open a studio and a school for those who need to uh, uh, to harvest and, uh, and, and, and make clear their craft where in the name of Jesus we'll start to churn out people will come to church and have CDs and demos and, and different stuff uh, that they'll be able to produce from within us we declare on this turning point so it shall be if you believe that shout amen now I want you all to stand to say this with me please I want to crave your indulgence to stand with me. And please, everyone needs to do this. You can drop. And I want you to both lift your hands. Both hands, please. And say this after me. Say, we pronounce that finances will not be a limitation in this church. Say this year and in the years to come. We break every financial limitation over this church. Come on, lift your hands. It's going to be two more. One one, one moment. Say, we declare that worship tabernacle will continue to operate debt-free and abound unto every good work. Say, worship tabernacle is debt-free. Say, God will supply all our needs. Lift your hand and say, Worship Tabernacle, we prophesy your new building has come right now. Say, No good thing will it withhold from us in Worship Tabernacle. Finally, say this say, We declare, I didn't hear you shout this out, say, We declare as a church, we have entered into our new season. If you believe that, shout Amen. final prayer I'm going back to the Shunammite woman when she created the room then there was a turning point of change God told me to pray that prayer over your life that this day will be a turning point of change this month in the name of Jesus. Listen to me carefully. Because the woman says, Man of God, I don't even know who your name is. 
but don't raise my expectation. And the man did not respond. Because he knew that what he was saying will come to pass. I prophesy over your lives. Right now that this marks the end of your wilderness experience. I prophesy over your life that you will now give birth to greatness and not to weakness. The Bible says that he gives the barren woman a home, making her a joyous mother of children. So I stepped into your lives and what I don't know that you need God will create it for you now. Today is the third. Third speaks about Trinity. It speaks about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knowing what pastor doesn't know. The Son who died to give you what you need as a gassy. And the God that will supply for all your needs. This time next year, you will look back and say, This day was your turning point in the name of Jesus. Uh, I, I miss somebody. Your seed bearing days of your life are over. I declare it's harvest season now in the name of Jesus. This is a turning point. I got to pray the prayer of Elisha over your life that in the name of Jesus, this marks the genesis of your reigning season. If you believe it, shout amen. You are entering into a Kairos season. Floodgates of newborn issues are happening in your life in the name of Jesus. The Lord will send the good news of new things into your life and your family in the name of Jesus. Many of you didn't understand that I was supposed to close five minutes ago. But God says go back. Go back to what the prophet did. I want to prophesy over your life that there is an image change in your life in the name of Jesus. I declare that you will be recruited as a model of God's beauty in the name of Jesus. Evergreen promises of God will manifest in your life in the name of Jesus. The imperishable beauty of God will adorn your household in the name of Jesus. The woman was not expecting anything, but your expectations will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. The woman didn't thought that childbearing was a thing of the past. But God is walking into your life and turning it around in the name of Jesus. You may not understand what I'm saying, but I declare you distinguished now in the name of Jesus. You may not know what I'm saying, but your chaos season has come in the name of Jesus. You may not know what I'm saying, but God will move you to a place of greatness in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout Amen. Somebody say, God, arise, move me to my labor, to my favor. Say right now, this is my turning point. I will arise. God will fill my mouth with laughter. Let me continue to prophesy. That God will arise upon your life. 
and tears will expire. When Elisha looked at that woman, her tears expired. But let me give you another one. God will arise in your life and your shame will expire. I didn't hear an amen. God will arise in your life and your mouth will be filled with laughter in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear you. God will arise in your life and you will no more be tolerated but celebrated in the name of I'm prophesying over someone's life that in the name of Jesus, God will lose laughter over your life in the name of Jesus. Ah, your cup of breakthrough will begin to run over and over and over and over and over and over and over. So from today, the garment of shame is torn to pieces. I am not standing on myself. I am standing on the prophetic word from Elisha to you. There is a great room for the king. This time next year, you will carry a cargo you forgot that you should carry. And it will be a cargo of blessing. I hear this, I hear this. God said to me, and I believe it will be to you. That what looked impossible will become possible. Let me, I'm saying this again. This time next year, you would have surpassed your expectations in the name of Jesus. What they said would take a year will just take a month. What they said will take a month will take a week. Because God will give you acceleration. Today is your day of pregnancy. For your birth. For birthing good things and great things in your life. If you believe that, shout Amen. As you stand in the presence of God. And declare where they said no. And they have sealed the coffin. Jesus will arise on your behalf. And start to walk things out for you. In the name of Jesus. So it shall be. So it shall be. Shake it off because you are in your turning point. Shake the shame off. Shake the disease off. Shake that long time issue off. Because right now, it is your turning point. Shake it off because the prophetic word has come. Shake it off because there is room of greatness being created in the inside. Shake it off because disease and uh, disaster and, and, and issues are no more. You shake it off because the king of glory has come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord God. Mighty in power. Not only would you receive it, but it will be preserved. So that seven years down the line, what turned around today will continue to speak on your behalf. If you believe that, shout aloud, Amen. Uh, high five seven people and say it's your turning point. It's your turning point. It's your turning point. Woo! It's a turning point, it's a turning point, it's a turning point. It's a turning point, it's a turning point. It's a turning point. It's a turning point. 
It's your turning point. It's your turning point. Come and start to now give God the glory and the honor because it's your turning point. Start to give Him praise because it's your turning point. Congratulations because it's your turning point. Because God knows you're making room for Him right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Come on. I want that to be Make room for praise. I hear that. Make room for praise. Make room for a rejoicing. You got to change your attitude a bit. And just say, God, I'm thanking you for what you're going to do to me from now to next year. And I start to jump and rejoice because I know that you are not just, you're not just telling me. You're not raising my expectations for nothing because... As you raise this, so it shall come. Because every knee will bow, every tongue will confess on you, Jesus, in my life. If you believe that, put your hands together, start to give God a shout. Yeah! Yes! Yeah! You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.